pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard box is wall-free. This is My Three Subs Podcast, a soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. The U.S. men's national team coach's son is in the MLS. No, not that coach. Another one. We'll tell you about that coming up. Barcelona's got themselves a new manager. We'll tell you about his history with the club. Plus, the Premier League. Wait, didn't they just end? They just announced their schedule for next season. We've got all that. Brody Scott and I are standing in the tunnel. We're heading down to the brass door where we'll talk to the owner, Seamus Loftus. He's coming up next on My Three Subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. When you're buying or selling a home, it can be one of the most stressful times of your life. When you're purchasing a home, it's one of the biggest investments you'll ever make, and you want to get it right, and you want to know that you got it at a fair price and not have buyer's remorse as you're moving those boxes into the house. If you're selling, you want to make sure you get a good price for it, and you're able to move on quickly and move on to your next stop in life. I'm Tim Van Horn, licensed realtor in Tennessee and Mississippi with Cry Like Realtors. My number is 901 Five six eighty nine hundred in my office, or you can always call me on my cell at 901-262-5000. I'm relocation certified, and whether you're moving around the block or around the world, I can help you get where you're going. If you're thinking of selling your home, give me a call. I'll put together a marketing plan that'll help you put that sold sign in the front yard faster. If you're thinking of buying a home, give me a call or check me out online at timvanhorn.com for a personalized home search. And I never, I mean never, charge a fee to work with buyers. So give me a call at my office, 901-756-8900, or on my cell at 262-5000. You can always find me on the website at timvanhorn.com. That's timvanhorn.com. For Tim Van Horn, cry like realtors. This is my three subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. Where do you want to start this week, Brody? Because we have a guest, and and we can even we can do dealer's choice, or he may want to punt back to us. I I, I don't know. Do you go outside in? I mean, or do you you know work the ball in or? Does he want to just go over the top? I don't I'll just listen, lads. I'm just here for the ride. I'm just going <laughs> to. Our good friend Seamus. Yeah, Gave himself a round of applause, too. Nice job. Well yeah. done. He's shut for that bar of his. Thanks for getting me out of the house. I haven't been out of the house in five months. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> oh, gosh. I saw Seamus in the parking lot. I was like, man, Seamus, you're looking good. What are you doing? And he's like, anything and everything that I can to get out of the gum house. <laughs> I've, I've done so much gardening at home now. It looks like Versailles. I have to take flowers up and put them in new places. Oh, that's beautiful. I was down by the pub a couple of weeks ago. I saw I saw some machinery and it looked like somebody had knocked a hole in the wall. That's not part of your place, No, the uh, building next door that used to be the uh, it was the Mad Earl at one point and then it was the pub at the door. That building's been sold and the lad's putting in a coffee shop and a family home. And really, really fantastic construction. He's a great guy. He's going to be a great partner downtown when downtown comes back. And you couldn't... He, in in some odd way, he got a great year to do construction because there's nothing to bother you. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, you don't have to worry about, hey, right. pardon our dust signs. Yeah. And then a couple of days, I've gone down, I go down to the door a couple of, maybe three, four days a week, just go, you know, go in, make a cup of coffee and sit around. 
some Friday evenings, bring a lonely six pack of Guinness oh. and just sit there in the dark. <laughs> it's, I feel so bad. It's, I know. It's, don't feel bad. It's fine. I'm going to put the real sad, you know, violin music right now. You know, that begs a question. Do you have any beer that's about to expire down there that you need help with disposal? We have, listen, I, I was very fortunate to catch up with Parks from uh, 901 a couple of weeks ago and I gave those guys a bunch of beer and uh, we probably should have some kind of uh, beer giveaway. A party kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. It's coming up. The alcohol will all be... The whiskey will be fine, but the beer has got to go. Well, hey, listen, you were drinking a lot, I know, because we're both Arsenal supporters. Yes. And so maybe a few pints to be had when we won the the hardware finally. Uh, Yeah. Let's talk a little Premier League. Let's talk about what happened in, in... Are we surprised? I'm to be honest I'm not really surprised because leading up to that Arteta had had success against Man City he'd had success against Chelsea um he's been in a situation with Manchester City where he's he's learned how to plan right and he's been particularly on the Arsenal side of it he's been very very aggressive with putting his stamp on the club so the Metsedozel thing and you may have seen this, but he said, I can't play Metzad Ozil. He's got a back injury. Right. Metzad Ozil tweeted, I've never felt better in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically from inside the club that, you know, the bit of information that I can get from my friends in London, he he basically said, you're done and dusted. You can do whatever you're going to do. You're going to be another Gareth Bale. Yeah. You can learn how to play golf. And then Jeez. he gave uh, Ganduzi, the little French kid with the curly hair. Yeah. He got – there's a great show called Lee Gunner. Yeah. And he he got a two-and-a-half-minute dressing – like yelling dressing down from uh, Michael Arteta. And then Arteta kicked in the dressing room door and basically gave the team – I said, anybody else that needs it talking to, I'm here now. Jeez. So it's that moment of writing the ship. You think Arteta's like uh, kind of served himself up as I'm going to rule with an iron fist? Or is it because, I mean, he kind of played himself up to be the the player's, co- you know, the player's manager. I, I, I don't think it's that. I think that like inside the club. So we lost our director of football in the last couple of days. The club laid off 55 staff right. a week ago. Right. So I think there's a the joke is, is the joke is with that is so that they can pay Obami <laughs> right. next season. Well, so they all, you know, off. I mean, and also Mesut Ozil turned around. I mean, he, you know, it's everybody's going to put their own position forward. Mesut Ozil did not take a pay cut. Yeah, he could have taken a month's cut. He wouldn't affect him in any way, shape, or form. He could have taken a month's cut and kept. 30 or 40 people employed for a year yeah. on his money. So uh, there's a lot wrong. I think th- I think things are being righted quicker than we could have expected. I think that Arteta has been given a lot of support inside the club. And I think he's also very, very aware that if you're going to have a football club that runs correctly, the tail can't wag the dog. The manager's the manager. Right. If I want you, I want you to behave yourself like with, with I'm Ganduzi, right? Ganduzi's running around in the middle of games telling other players how much money he makes for a living. <laughs> you know, and 
that's not helpful. <laughs> like, they, you know, you're not doing anybody any favors. Burnley right don't need to hear that in the middle of the game. It upsets them. Can you just do your job, <laughs> right. please? Right. And so I, I think. I think Arteta is in a position where I'm glad they did the Aubameyang deal yesterday. Yes, it's the best bit of transfer business that'll be done all year. He got 29 goals this season. He got yeah. 20 last season. Um, when he's settled and happy with a better team around him, he'll get more goals. Yeah. So it's a good bit of business. It's the right thing for the club. I'm glad they handled the business now, yeah. so that he can build around him, right. as opposed to and drawing this out and and then going, oh, but. Right, he doesn't like X Y Z player who you just right. signed on for more. And there are a couple of there's a there's a couple of big asks out there. I know we're in, in contention. We've matched the money, and for a fullback, yeah. And it's up to him now if he wants to play at Lazio or he wants to play in if he wants to play in Italy or he wants to play in London. Yeah. Um, if those dominoes fall into place when you go, okay, we have a goal scorer. If I go to this team, I can move them from eighth to fourth because we have a guaranteed goal scorer. On the other hand, if your goal scorer leaves, you go, I don't want to finish 12th in England. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to, you know. So that bit of business is crucial. It's, it, it affects everything inside the club. Uh, so I, uh, moving away kind of from Arsenal, but not really. Um, is that really necessary? Well, no, it's not. Uh, but, you know, it's in the same vein because I think one thing that is true amongst the Premier League, uh, just Europe in general, I guess you could say, is the, the, the back line seemed to be a bit holy. This year, and and I yeah. noticed a bunch of people saying, "How you know where's the defense?" and and everybody just seems to want to score goals all the time. Do you think that surges back up uh, after this season? Uh, I, well, I think you know, and we see it I mean, again. We talked about it off off mic that uh, the way that European football has found a way to deal with the the magnificent. The majesty of Barcelona. They found a way to deal with that. The higher press, more physical, with guys that can play football at high high press levels. Right. Um, in England, I think the example will come along where Virgil van Dijk... Jurgen Klopp did the one thing that's... I mean, any amateur coach, if you're coaching out here at Mike Rose or you're coaching anywhere, right. the first lesson that you learn is if you don't concede five goals, if it's <laughs> if it's nil-nil with 89 minutes, we're still got a chance. Right. We're in it, right? Right. So Virgil van Dijk comes in and he's this Superman fullback and everybody at Liverpool can play comfortably and expand from that. And when you're in trouble, you just punt it back to Virgil van Dijk and start again. Well, he's so smart because right. rarely will you ever catch him making more than two oh, touches. Oh, man. I call him two-touch Virgil. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm, very much like John Terry, except when he was around right. Rain Bridges' girlfriend. The, uh, you know, I have a Chelsea joke. <laughs> Go ahead. What, Pulisic? So back in the day, no, no, no. Back in the days, Ashley Cole is driving his Ferrari through London at 111 miles an hour, yeah. 8 o'clock in the evening. Gets pulled over by an English cop who happens to be a Chelsea fan. He goes, my God, Ashley. He goes, you know, you ran four red lights. Where are you going? He goes, John Terry's coming over for dinner. Oh, God. <laughs> Eesh. Eesh. I got to get home. <laughs> we can cut that out, right? <laughs> Just, no, that's Dan in. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> Well, it links in. My wife's been watching that dance show, World of Dance. Yeah, and Derek Huff is a judge, and she and he had been dating Ashley Cole's ex. Yeah, 
Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was famous. She was like a singer or something in England? She, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Anyway. I uh, think she was more like a fashionista kind of thing. Okay. I don't know. She was like one of those like... She, I, right. You know. Uh, in the papers. Right. Well, this. Let's move from Arteta to his former boss. And I want to throw a question out to you guys. Because of his failure to win the Champions League, one year from now, who will be at their jobs? Mikel Arteta? Pep Guardiola? Neither or both? I think Arteta's in it for the long haul. Arteta, Arteta will be at his job because he's been he's got a slightly better team. He's bringing in a better fullback. Arsenal will move from eighth to sixth or seventh or fourth. He'll move. He'll go forward because they dropped games this year. They shouldn't have dropped. Very silly. Yes. Um, Pep, I think, is a different situation because if, if the season had gone on, if if the English Premier League had gone on exactly as it would have, Chelsea or not Chelsea, Liverpool would have won that by nine by a landslide. Yeah, right. I mean, they already won by a landslide. They won by a landslide, but with the with the momentum they had when the season broke, they would have just gone on, won by a landslide, record number of goals, all that. Right. Um, and that puts him in a in a trickier in a less good light because you go, oh, you didn't just lose it; you lost it by this margin. Then you go to Europe and you don't have the six. He really was brought there to, you know, Europe is the holy grail, of course. So I think. Either the club have to come in and say, hey, we're going to give you, you've got to scrap this team or get rid of five or six of the lads. We're going to give you as much money as you need to do it. Or they go, ah, Pep's time is over. So I think what happens in the transfer market will be a big indicator because if they don't give him a ton of money, it means they're holding on to the money for the next guy. That's my thought. Two questions for you then. You talk about the transfer window. With the squad that he just had and just lost, do you think he screwed the pooch with his lineup selection in that final Champions League match that they lost? Do you I think they were beaten before they ever left the dressing room? I think playing De Bruyne out of position. Like yeah, he put everybody out of position. Yeah. There's nobody on that pitch that was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Right, and De Bruyne is a monster. He is one of the greatest players in the game at Every time he puts his shoes on, that guy's a monster. Careful, Seamus. He didn't win the the trophy this time. Well, but he did get Player of the Year for the league. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, so, and I mean, it's it's the convert again. I mean, these are you know, it'd be to have a, a a different voice here might help us. But you're at the latter part of the season. The season's been extended. The lads are tired. They're mentally exhausted from life has gone away as we knew it. You're, I think from a coaching perspective, you go, I'm going to give them familiar. I'm going to go, lads, we're going with our strengths. Just, you know, stay where we are. Stay as we are. Kevin, do your job. You know, Raheem, do your job. Stay comfortable. Just ride the stay boat. At it. Right. You know. Rather than you give them this other complex problem of, I'm going to play you out of position. Yeah. So I don't know if he's, uh, you know. Did he do it to keep them on their toes, you think? Like, okay, oh, maybe we have gotten into this, like, rut? This rut of winning? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm, yeah, maybe. I think he's overcomplicating it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to screw everything up here. We're in this terrible rut of winning, and I desperately want to change it now. Well, speaking of the lineup, if he brings in 
another like for like like Phil Foden? Is it time for Phil Foden to find a greener pasture elsewhere? Because it seems to me every time he has played for Pep, whether it be in a reserve role or gotten the start, he's been productive and done everything that the club has asked. And the clock's got to be ticking on this youngster, I would suspect. I I hope he... I hope he wouldn't do that. I'm, I mean, all the clubs in England, Arsenal are always happy to see young boys come through our academy. Yeah. Man United had the class of 92 come through their academy. That's part of the... It's 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 not just It feels part, better. It sounds it's, better. Right, it's, it's not just part right. of the, the mythology of the club to grow your own. It's part of the work of the club. And so a guy like Foden, who's... If, if I was, you know romanticizing that idea for Manchester City I'd probably put the weight on Foden to try to make him a club legend and maybe move somebody else out yeah you know maybe maybe Sterling who I think all three of us might have finished that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. think so. And the David Silva's gone, right? Yeah. So it might be. Thank I mean, God. maybe the. Well, what do you think about that? I mean, is there is a better way to put the weight on Foden, who delivers all the time, and is he local hero? I mean, to, I I think that the the optics are it looks better for your yeah. club. It looks better that you've had a, a homegrown. You're you're now you're cultivating wins from this this basically your own. You know, and you don't, you didn't even have to look anywhere. It was right there in your backyard. That looks better than seeking elsewhere and paying all this money to somebody who might be pretty good and he might have loyalties and he might, you know. It's a great point. And, and the optics for that, if you have him actively in your lineup and you need homegrown talent in the league right. anyway, right. Right. instead of hiding them on loan to, you know, our our Lady of Perpetual, you know, needs FC in the Isthmian Division South. Right. You know, give it, him a shot. Looks, it looks better. Give him, give him, if he's, he's, his track record has not shown where he would let Pep Guardiola down. And really, if you're looking at the Premier League, that's not what Pep's there for. Really, I think that's his proving ground and test track. For the Champions League, and I think maybe right. he gets one. Maybe he gets one more shot at that, and and that'll keep going. That'll keep perpetuating itself, you know. Because I mean, as those younger kids go up, and they're like, "Well, listen, I have a shot." They, they actually give their kids a shot. Right. I'm I'm more apt to sign. And up. I think uh, you, we can fact check this, but I think it's 11 years since Pep was in the European Cup final. How many years ago is it since he was in the final? It's been forever. Well, he was with was he with Bayern? He didn't win anything with Bayern. He didn't win it with Bayern. He did not win it with Bayern. So I think it's 11 years since Pep's been in the European Cup final. Well, I bet you we can look that up, but... We have the resources, right. <laughs> but we just maybe don't have, later. We don't, have the, we, don't, we don't have the impetus to do it. Yeah, uh, and you so, can shoot I us mean, a message if, if you find it. But, uh, shoot us a message at th- my three. And, and here's the thing: if it, if it is that length of time, then maybe his time with the European Cup has gone. Well, also, this, this brings me to my my point about Pep is that I think he is one of the greatest continuity managers ever, and yeah. by that I mean if there if he comes to a club with a great tradition. He is one of the best ever at maintaining that high standard, a great tradition. But if you also look at him, he is not a manager that comes in and wins something that's never been won at the club before. He is not. He's he's look at his managerial record, and he's never been somewhere where he has done something that has never been done. Barcelona Champions League, man, uh, top tier uh, Premier League. It's been done before. Before he got there, Bayern. 
They were winners before he got right. there. But he's very good at maintaining a high standard. That consistency. And, I, and there's a lot right. to be said for that. I'm not I'm not saying he is a less than stellar manager. He's a stellar manager. But I think what's going to haunt him if he doesn't win the Champions League yeah. is that he didn't take that club to, to the, rare air. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think the reality – you know, football is such a – it's a business on – it's a business from selling beer to buying football players, winning trophies. It's a business on every level. Right. And on the business side of it, if Pep is on your team as a manager, your your levels of success financially don't fall away. Right. There's nothing in his history that you go, oh, Pep went there and then they finished 10th. Right, so he keeps you where you want to be. Right, he seems to have a great touch with players. He's a good maintenance man. He's a great maintenance guy. And when he, I mean, at Barcelona, it would have been short of short of having the players revolt. Yeah, to lose with that Barcelona team, you'd have to be really trying to lose. You know, that was the greatest team that ever. Yeah, probably put the shirts on, hands down. Um. Apologies to all the Real Madrid fans who are now going to call the lads because nobody has my number. I'll be back in the garden. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's one of the great teams of all time. Right. And if it will be hard to lose with that team, particularly as he came through the club and he was a Barcelona guy and he understood the mechanics of it. Um, he hasn't had – I know he, he didn't have European success with Bayern and I know he hasn't had any at Manchester City. So that's no. quite some time. Well, and, you know, that that's what – Tim and I were kind of talking about was that our picks, and it seemed like sure picks, sure fire picks, were all those premier club teams because yeah. they had played and they they had this kind of momentum going, you know. And so when they hit UEFA and and it just seemed to go, you know, hit a brick wall, right? And even with the Manchester United performance the other day, it was awful. It was lackluster. Their strikers are not world class. Yeah, they're I, they're not world class guys, and and. You know, you have to look at those comparisons and think, at Bumiang, FA Cup final, two chances, two goals. Yeah. That didn't happen with Manchester United the other day. There were chances and there weren't goals. Right. Sterling had chance had a chance that Beautiful he failed, failed to convert. And as you go to the very, very peak of it, when you look at Lewandowski and Muller at, at Bayern, those guys don't miss. No, yeah. like they just get sharper and sharper. All well, the even way look at Inter, course. who's yeah. who's in the finals Correct. now. I mean, yeah. with Lukaku, Lukaku. I mean, he sees a sliver of a chance, and guess what? That right. ball's in. And, and what a job! Twice. You think what a job a manager has done with Lukaku at at, at Manchester United? I read something about him where. It wasn't internal, but it was a Manchester paper, and they branded Lukaku a flat-track runner, flat-track pony. One-trick, flat-track pony. Yeah. He does not look like that in Italy. No, no. he does not. And so that's that's also— I mean, they got him running over the top, which right. he's never done it, man. And, and that's also a manager coming in and saying, look, they don't see you the way I see you. Let me change your life. You yeah. Know? Whereas uh, that uh, uh, something about that Manchester United transition— they didn't have that. Maybe maybe Ole can do it. I certainly he's made them a better team. Sure, that whole Serie A, the the, the whole season was was terrific. I mean, Atalanta right. was good. Fantastic of course, football. Uh, of there, course, yeah. Juventus. Um, but if, then if you look at Lazio with Chiro Immobile, I mean, you had you had a handful of great goal scorers in the league. You could pretty much tune on, you know, to ESPN Plus and catch a terrific match. Well, the other thing right. too is those matches got really high scoring. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if you want to see scoring, you turn on Serie A because boy, they were putting them in. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they had consistency to do it. 
Yeah, and and Italian football, you know, you think back in the early 90s, Italian football was the gold standard. Yeah. And now maybe it's just, you know, leagues move. I, I don't think anything's going to change the way that we feel about the English Premier League, but Italian football has been excellent this year. It's that whole damn Euro thing that they did. <laughs> yeah. When they dropped the borders, then all the soccer went all across the continent. And right. Italy and lost their dominance. It was like, wait. And that's going to affect, uh, you know, really that's something on the kind of geopolitical scale. When... England is now no longer part of Europe, and that that change in the tax bracket begins to affect players' wages. Yeah. Over the next couple of years, you'll see guys go. Ah, it says in the newspaper I'm getting two hundred and eighty thousand pound a week, but I'm only bringing home a hundred thousand. Yeah. It won't take long to change the outcome there. Sure. Syria turns back into the powerhouse right. it once was. Uh, speaking of powerhouses and hopefully back where they once were, I, they were never there though. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit of. Uh, where are you going? Yeah, where are you hometown. Going I'm talking about Memphis 901 FC. Maybe we can get to the top. I don't know. Uh, I want to talk about what it's going to take to get there. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just going to put this out there, finish the sentence kind of thing. 901 FC this season lacks what? Fitness? You know, that's it's a very, very hard thing to gauge. But again, the world has changed. So sure. the lads... In the training situation, you know, guys are at the peak of their fitness, then training stops. Then it comes back as one on, you know, individual, one guy in a grid. Right. There's breaks, you know, everything's been disinfected. It's not training as we understand it. It's not training as footballers understand it. It definitely takes a toll. So, and then the season goes on into later in the summer and we've all talked it's miserably hot even t- today it's it's miserably hot well, and then you got games that get moved to 4 p.m. Right. and <laughs> and all of that what brilliance was that all of that it is a is a desperate effect a desperate toll not just on the players but on the coaching staff on the organization you know i was at the game i was talking to you before the last one Tim, and you're in the stadium and it's I enjoyed it. I, I had this kind of selfish moment because I was sitting on my own watching a football game and nobody said a word and it was fine. Uh, um, but it's also not normal. Right. So it's very hard to... I think this is a time when we... It's, it, it will be easy to look for something to criticize and at the same time you have to take into account Every. the entire weight of the problem. Right. And... Uh, so I don't I don't know what the answer is. You know, the easy answer is more goals and more fitness. But I, how, <laughs> how does that happen? No one would ever pay me any money to fix well, it. I can <laughs> well in a podcast that short answer does not play well. So. Right. So <laughs> well, that being said, you know, Tim has been up in the box in the booth. Yeah. You know, doing uh, and doing a great job. I might add. Fantastic. Thanks, Seamus. I've been at home with the kids and everything like that. Texting me every oh. every few minutes, which I which is right. great. You can feel free to text me during the match. Every single right. every single play, I'm like. If what you, was that? If, Come on, man. If you have a good idea, I will steal it and use it as mine <laughs> Okay. Just remember that. But as someone who's been in the park, at, you know, while right. they're playing, what is the feeling like inside the park while a match is going on? Does it feel more like you're watching, like, uh, you know, the peewee soccer go up and you're like, all right, little Jimmy, way to kick the ball, you know, because you're only one there, you know? No, I, th- I think it was – the football was uh, – Okay, so for me, this is – normally if you go to the stadium – so a normal Saturday for me is I'd open the bar, there'd be an English Premier League game on, a couple of people in, you set up the bar, 
crowds arrive. You and then it gets packed. Packed. It's <laughs> like crazy. It's elbow to then you know hole. everything's under <laughs> everything's under control. My partner Scott Crosby, business partner, comes down. We have two beers and go to the stadium and love it. And then life is fantastic. Yeah. And there's loads of distractions. You look around, you meet people, and everything else. Uh, this time out, I went and really got to concentrate on the game. And the level of football is very good. Yeah, it's very, it's a very high level of football. The lads worked really, really well and hard. We didn't get the results that we wanted in the North Carolina game. Um, and then there's also this moment where you go, this is not a normal stadium. This is something's not right. Yeah. And so you have that. Spooky kind think, of feeling? Is it? Is it? It's, like a, it's a little bit ir- like I don't want to. I'm. I'm trying not to. Uh, I mentioned I've been doing a lot of gardening, lads. I'm trying to grow a lot of flowers. <laughs> I'm trying not to let my mind go to that position where you think, "What if this is it? You know, what if next season it's the, the same, same thing?" Right. Right. And I. And that's an, an unbearable thought. Because uh, you kind of. I. I would. I would miss it. My brother right. and I were talking about you know going to the stadium and, and what it would be like, and I'm like, dude, we talk to the TV, right? If we're there, yeah. we we're boisterous people, right. you know. We're, we're we're Yankees and everything like that. We we talk and we use our hands. We're Italian, and and so it's like. If we went, we would stick out like sore thumbs because we don't just sit there. Right. We get up and we talk and we right. yell and we, you know, we, we vocalize a and lot. And that would be weird, I think. It, it is weird. I mean, but I watch a Premier League game and there's nobody behind the goal when they score. Like they're, you know, when they swing away and they run and go celebrate to an empty stadium, like, I don't know about that. Yeah. So it is odd. And I, I, I think it's, it's also got to take. I haven't spoken to any of the players. So I can't answer. I, it's got to be strange for a player because if you played last season and you're feeding off of all that energy yeah. and the mafia are behind the goal and you're driving forward yeah. and there's no one to support the drive, it's got to change how I you I think you see that, uh, the difference between last season and this season. When those two pushes and I, two have come to mind uh, and, and there were big surges and we, we got a result out of it. Um, but, you know, the, the team looks weary and just run down. And then all of a sudden you, right. you hear this 901 chant, you know, and there, you know, the thunderclap is happening and it's the, right. the and energy is building. They run more. You right. know, and you can't help it. You can't. Right. Help and it. I mean, it's an unbelievable what we've done as a club to create last year's high energy, you know, cauldron um, is it says a tremendous amount about how great the city of Memphis is and how we were going in the right direction. We're very supportive of new things. And that stadium was full. I mean, that was a great yeah. place to go to yeah. a game. Yeah. And consistently. Oh, yeah. Every weekend. And so you've got to turn around and say, like, also to the to the to the mafia and to Molly and to Parks and to Alex and all those guys that put that much energy into it. You know, they're going to be needed to come back next season to ride the ship for us if we can get them in there. Yeah. Uh, And then on the player side of it, it just has to be taken a toll. It's yeah. it's hotter. Your training's not right. You can't get into. I mean, I don't know what the restrictions are for training now. If it's, I think it's full on again. Training. It's full on. Right. I've, I've I've had the the privilege to see three or four of the training right. sessions, and it's it's right. as they were. Right. Yeah. It is. And so it's it just that little bit of sharpness to come in, working off each other. It takes time, and the 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 answers, the easy answers are. 
if you get more goals than the other guys, you're successful. That's the easy answer. Right. God, the, you could do TV. You know you what I mean? Right I could just <laughs> state the obvious. I was, yeah, I, I think uh, maybe I'll just start. You're John to, Madden, every single answer. You know, yeah. if you score more goals, maybe I'll, win. maybe I'll just get a podcast and call it Captain Obvious. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and have like sailor music or something like Popeye. Yeah, and, and I'll just talk about, the, you know, the obvious thing. Well, obviously, they got more goals. <laughs> so That's kind of what we do, though, yeah, honestly. Like, I mean, so that'll be the, that's the new project is the Captain Obvious podcast. Uh, you, you know, Pete. You know, uh, he's got the penalty kick there. If he hits that, uh, we're, it's one nil. If he hits this, we're going to be up two. I yeah. think that'll put us in a better position. It'll, yeah, that'll definitely be better. So, <laughs> Zing. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you're around it all the time. What do you? What are your I, I, I think we have. I think we got oodles of talent out there. I think. I, I, I don't think I, talent's the issue I, at all. I enjoy the heck out of watching Segbers and uh, Kendall Marsh Brown. I on thought, the right by side. the way, Segbers. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it, I like playing the yeah. game. Who's the better player this right. week? Because Segbers, Leston Paul, Leston Paul, Buckmasters shot out of a cannon last week. Goodness yeah. gracious! The, 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 the kid went from box to box in a blink of an eye twice. And I'm sitting here going, "Who is this guy?" Right. So there's time. What did they in the feed squad, him? You, know? you 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 move boxes that quickly. You should be running FedEx. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, and I'll, I'll I'll give you another one who I think is a work in progress. Who I look forward to seeing every week because he does something a little bit better, a little different each week. Is Rafa Mensingen? Yeah, I, 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 I like I, I like him. You know, he scored the goal off the volley last week. Yeah. But I think he's starting to build a, a, a relationship with Reese Buckmaster on the left side. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I thought in the in the match against North Carolina FC, I thought they kind of got caught up together in the right. corner yeah. and really allowed the the right defender, uh, the the right fullback, to cover both of them by because t- they kind of took each other's space away. Right. But we we started to see this past week and saw in training where Mensigan's cutting more inside, which he's strong at right. doing, and I think that created some extra opportunities for for nine hundred one FC. And of course, he you know the, the hustle play where he got on the back post to volley in the goal. Yeah. I thought that was good too. I think we've got talent. Uh, I think uh, I think. Tristan Hodge, it's great to see him healthy. I think he's going to continue to develop. I hope he gets back to where he was. Right. I think Jimmy Haig is going to be okay. He spilled, oh, I think so. You know, he spilled that second goal last yeah. week that led to the penalty. Um, but I think he's becoming a little more confident. I mean, it was right. only his third professional game, for crying out right. loud. So, you know, he has a lot to learn. He's got a lot of mistakes to get out of his system. And Tim Howard will tell you that. Tim Mulqueen will tell you that. Um, he's in the right spot, though. As a goalkeeper, he's in the right that's spot. That's where you want to learn. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You've got Tim Howard. Yeah. Uh, basically puppet mastering you while you've got Tim Mulqueen coaching you. Dwayne Muckett's been pretty dynamic. I think he's done a lot of good. I think Michael Reed, you pretty much tell him. If, I would say even uh, Kofi. Yeah, throw him into the mix yeah. in the yeah. up and coming. Oh, yeah, I mean, Kofi too. And, and, but, you know, into Michael Reed, if you tell him to go play right field, well, coach, there's no right field. Just go play right field. He'd say, okay, coach. You, right. He'll go wherever right. you, where you tell him to go. I mean, he's, he's, he's a team guy. Uh, but Just as don't you tell him to kick ball, rocks. You know, the games that I've seen, I thought we played well. I thought we were more aggressive than last year. I thought we were a little quicker yes. the way we moved the ball. I thought we were definitely quicker we, we, the way we moved the ball this season over last season. Mm-hmm. We've gotten goals. It's we're on the you know. Would it be fair to say that they react well when they turn the ball over? That they they do try to to at least swarm the ball. Once yeah, they, I mean, they give it I up? thought they're working yeah. very very hard and closing space well and you know doing all of those things. I feel like the counter could be faster, but at least we're countering. Yeah. In some regards, yeah. you know, like last season, we I feel like, oh, go, okay, go, go. And we would wait, you know, right. we, we would kind of ease off that gas. But this year, it seems like we're, I don't know, feels like we're, we're moving forward. To right. your point, I think we're more frequently seeing 
when that counterattack does happen. It's not happening every time, but I think more than last year, as we get a player inside the 18 or around the 18, we're now getting a few more support players getting closer and getting a little bit closer in to be able to be there more quickly to sustain either a push toward the goal or to pull up and just buy some possession. Because sometimes that counter, if you just don't have the numbers, if you can get enough down there and you get them placed right, you can hold the ball for a little bit longer. So I think I think that's uh you know, I, I think that's that's pretty good. Right. I love Doyle off the bench but though by the way. Um I really do. I, I... <sighs> I just love Doyle. I, I didn't have to come up. Well, I like him all the way around. I, I like him especially because my brother and I, every time he's in and he, right. he kicks the ball, we, we always stand up and go, Doyle rules! <laughs> you know? yeah. So personally, I love it just because of the namesake. Yeah. I, I do love it. Uh, but I like him off the bench because of what he brings. He brings like this like, hey, you're not going to push me around. Because he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big lad. You're not going to push me around. And I know that you might be faster than me, but you're not going to get by me based on physicality. And I love that. I love that coming off the bench. Right, and he's good in the air, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the the, the first game back against Birmingham, it, it was not the best game he's ever had for 901. I respect and I like the way that he's responded since. Yes. Coming off of the bench, I think he's been very emphatic. I thought he was critical in our win against St. Louis with that's, that's some key clearances. I thought right. that was terrific. I yeah. think I think his appearances since then, it's the old Liam Doyle. Yeah. No, I mean he's a very de- he's a very determined, honest, really an honest football player. Um, and an honest lad on and off the ground. He's, he, he really, he really has leadership ability for me, and I, I, you know, I have to say that in anything, any of the dealings I've ever had with him. Really, honestly, it, we're blessed to have that kind of ability to sit there and go, okay, well, let's pick and choose our back line right. and, and see what works. It's a blessing, but it's also a curse because yeah. when you had Tristan Hodge come back, you'd basically had your line set up as Segbers, Doyle, Carroll, and then, uh, and then Birch. But then, now with Hodge coming back, now you've got five and Buckmaster. Excuse me, Buckmaster. Buckmaster. Yeah, right, but now, but now you've got six people with four spots. So now you've got two odd men out. I I don't know. Um, Birch obviously takes majority. I'm not going to say all of them, but majority of the set pieces. Right. And and I think that's because last season he put him on dimes. Most of the time, oh, yeah, he's a fine football player. I mean, we just don't have the height to get to get right. a lot of those balls, right? You know, obviously with Doyle in there, we do. Um, God but, bless Mensigan. He tries, man. Man, he's not he's not, hey, a, he's not the tallest guy, but he, I'm going to be honest with you, a five footer, uh, you know, because I'm one of those guys too. It, we will go up, right. not necessarily with a reckless abandonment, but you know, we'll go up for him. But um, Tim doesn't know the uh, vertically challenged problems that right. He, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that that fight, that yeah. desire. <laughs> And neither one of you have any respect for the follically challenge. So I, when I no, me not. When, when when I launch Captain Obvious podcast, it's all baldies. <laughs> We've seen tangible results in the midfield. Yes, I think we've seen. uh, There's a buy-in to an extent of what's what they want to do in the midfield. I think the transitions have gotten better, and you see it in the forward play too, Tim. We're getting opportunities. We're scoring more goals. Yeah, we're scoring goals. We're getting results. Now we're not getting to bang in five or six like we did against Hartford last year. Hartford's gotten good, and we don't play Hartford this year. But against a couple of playoff teams in Birmingham, you know, North Carolina FC. Look at the St. Louis. Charlotte are all legit. St. Louis is a legit club. Isn't that terrible what's going to happen to them? It looks like 
they have to let the league know by the end of the month if they're going to even exist because St. Louis MLS is coming in. Right. And we may not even have a club in St. Louis. It's very well possible if we look down the line. You know, Charlotte may, if they're not going to work with the MLS team, it's very possible Charlotte may have to relocate somewhere too. Yeah. I don't know. And that I mean, St. Louis is a Charlotte's a good Charlotte's a great. Well, the whole state soccer. is wonderful for soccer, right. but St. Louis has such a rich history, and they've had you know historically they've had some outdoor soccer, they've had plenty of indoor soccer with the Steamers, right, which sure. were which were legendary. They've had great support through St. Louis Scott Gallagher Club with their youth system and with St. Louis FC. It would just be an absolute shame if that were to happen. I would hope that they would be able to find a financial model that would work to keep them around. If not, you know, hopefully some city in the Midwest will take them and they'll continue on. I mean, because I mean they've been there for what six, seven years. I mean, they're they're pretty stable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a fan base and they. But you know they know how to, their organization knows how to do it. I guess you just have to move everybody someplace. But MLS doesn't give a damn. No, I mean it's 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 the money grab and off they go. <laughs> M- yeah. MLS doesn't give a damn, as quoted by the uh, Nashville Dallas match, which went uh, started back up at 11 p.m. that night. That was awful. Yeah, because of the weather delays, right? Yeah. Well, and that's another thing right now, Seamus. I, I, it's 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 it, I would have thought if I would have rubbed a genie lamp, I would have wished for soccer every day. All day, right. and, and we're kind of getting that, but I don't really feel happy about it because I don't know who's playing when. Yeah, I know, and if the yeah. games are even significant. And yeah, I mean it's in, it's impossible to track it really. Yeah, you, you know, even the other day, I, I I'm not a Man United fan, but my my pal Tony Posner called me. He goes, "Can I come over to your house and watch house watch Man United?" I'm like, "What? what? Isn't that they're, they're finished? What are you talking about?" <laughs> so you know, it, 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 there's so much out there. And yet it's hard to pinpoint what's really, you know, where you need to be on it. And then the clubs are trying to squeeze games in. They're trying to provide some, you know, they're trying to provide it. Yeah. And you're, so it's just constantly uphill. The weather goes against you, you know, whatever. Well, Fans. Once, once life resumes back to what we remember as being life, obviously check out the Brass Door. Uh, that's a hell of a pub. It's a beautiful pub, even empty, but it'd be nice to have some people in it. Yeah. That'd be good. So, yeah. what's it? Is there? Do you have a particular strategy on on getting things up and going? Um, we initially, we what we decided was we'll just do a total close. We were fortunate enough to be able to take care of our staff, um, and then kind of, you know, you're in this position in the restaurant business, in in any business, you've got responsibilities. You have to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah, sure. And at the moment, I think it's extremely difficult, maybe impossible, to go, this works. The three of us are in a, in a studio with masks on. Right. Um, there are people out there who don't want to wear a mask or they feel that you're infringing on them. You can't have groups together. So we're just really in a holding pattern. The brass door will come back. We will be open. It will yes. be returned to normal. The door is not going anywhere. Um, we've made very, very sound decisions to take care of our staff and to take care of our customers. And right now that looks like do nothing. Probably. But breathe easy that <clears throat> it'll be back. And, prob- you know, somewhere in the next month or two, we do meet, you know, we meet with the team. I meet with the, with 
Dimitri and Terry, who are our managers. I meet with them every couple of days. And we'll probably come along with a small menu for takeout later in the fall. We've got the park across the street. And we're working on it. But it, right now, there's there's no rush to... to do something until we know that people will be okay, you know? I want to know what you put in the shepherd's pie because I've been fiending uh, for the past couple of months. I'll, I'll tell you, if uh, when you guys come over to my house to discuss the Captain Obvious move, yeah. um, I will make you a shepherd's pie uh, uh, or a fish and chips I, I'm at telling the house. You, Tim, he put something in there that is might be illegal because, man, I've been fiending for it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Uh, That's well, terrific. I had the, it. Uh, I had it, and I'm missing it. So are the keys, or have you shined up the keys on the... Uh, on the uh, on the outside of the pub, the the keys for the brass door. I have. Uh, so what we've done. Or the Arsenal fans will polish the knob. But I, anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I see. That's how we had to go there. That's how it. That's how it ended. We're doing so good, and then. <laughs> Uh, all right. See this? There's, this is what I work with. It's turning red. Oh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I know that we're getting the John Terry joke in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> We've been cooped up too long, Seamus. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think we should just go to the door right now and just open a couple of cold beers. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll keep you up to date on the progress of the of the brass door. And, of course, we'll be back next week. Don't forget uh, uh, to check out the brass door when it's opened up uh, before, during, and after every single match and pretty much every day of the week except for Monday when you reopen you'll be what uh, every day except Monday every day except Monday and, and just one other thing there are a lot of restaurants working extremely hard they're open they're trying to keep their staff together if you do get a chance go out buy a meal that means a lot to the people in the business and that takes us to the half more next on My 3 Subs a soccer odyssey Hey, it's Tim. Just reminding you, this podcast is now powered by Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Brody and I want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you. So that's why we ditched our old services, made the switch over to Podcave. This is the complete podcast management, combining all the tools we need to make the best shows we can to make them available on all the platforms you use and to always stay connected with you. Podcave provides unlimited audio storage, so all our episodes new and the old ones are always available whenever you want them and our website it's included and built into podcave so you always have a place to find us it's that easy music and soundscapes we use on the show are professionally made and fully licensed by podcave so we don't worry about getting sued for using music without permission and we know for sure that the artists who made it well they're getting paid and that's always a great thing we get email and text management tools to stay in touch with you guest booking tools episode planning tools podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines. We used to have to piecemeal all that stuff and it took hours, believe me, it took hours. It cost hundreds of dollars every month and we had to have all these different accounts to really uh, get the podcast to you. Well, that's all changed with Podcave. It's all in one place and it's all inclusive. You're going to scratch your head and you may even have to scratch your ears when you hear this. It's all inclusive for just $49 a month. That's right, $49 a month month. Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Save time and money with your first or next podcast. Don't be afraid. Give it a try. Use Podcave. That's podcave.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-V-E. Podcave.com. There's the whistle. 
second half. My three subs action from the Center Circle Studios. We just had Liverpool officially crowned the champions of 2019-2020. And we're just a few weeks away from the start of the 2021 season. All we knew up until, I guess, a, a few days ago, Brody, was that Manchester United and Chelsea were going to get to slightly delay the start of their season because of European football. And we'll touch on European football in a moment. Well, Man, Man we City. Have- yeah, Man City Frank, got that break. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Man, <laughs> Man City in there as well. But didn't Chelsea get a little bit of a break as well? Because- uh, yeah, I think they did too. So maybe there were three clubs. There were yeah. at least two. At least two. Anyway, there are... Not everybody will start on opening weekend. Most will. At least 85% of the league will. But we got some breaking news on the schedule. Right. Yes. I know. Big happenings that everybody's going to play everybody twice. What? Wait. So, wait. So, so, so. 38 games like they've always done. Yeah. It's it's really nothing special, Tim. You got a home game and an away game. And you play everybody twice. And it's pretty much the status quo. And if you're a top team, <laughs> then you're probably wondering, okay, if I've got maybe European football or an opponent in European football, can I buy a ticket to this match or will it be rescheduled because of Europa League, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup? Uh, am I missing anything? Um, I, I think there's like four more cups in there and more reasons to miss out on matches. So, Oh, oh the Emirates Cup. Oh, yeah, that one too. This year where, where Arsenal brings in like three clubs and then they play <laughs> matches and then somehow vaguely Arsenal gets a cup at the end of this. Yeah, something like that. It's just okay. a reason to get hardware. But in hey. all fairness, they did get the FA Cup this past season, so they did get some legitimate silverware, so credit to them on that. And listen, listen, they have to do something because they spent a whole ton of money on uh, on their players, so give them cups, okay? <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know. They deserve them. Yeah. Hey, hey. After the long season and, and the rough, you know, road that they had, they they, they got a little bit of a reward. I'll, I'll give them credit where it's due. And I know I gave Seamus a hard time a few minutes ago, but <laughs> you know, you, you got to take a shot when you can. So Premier League schedules out. Everybody plays everybody twice. No shock there. A semi surprising choice to lead Barcelona. They've gone back to the future with a former player. And a former Netherlands national team manager and a guy that's managed in the Premier League in the form of Ronald Koeman. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think he hit it on the head back to the future because, I mean, I think they're going to need a lot of banana peels and garbage to uh, throw at this uh, in order to, I don't know, make Barcelona hip again. You know, just because that, that loss, bitter taste in the mouth. You got to cleanse it somehow. Here is how this has been received. We know for a couple of facts that Messi has made it clear to Kuman that he sees his future at Barcelona as cloudy. Right. And there's a giant release clause in his contract, which I believe dissolves at the end of this season. So maybe one more year of Messi. But there are some candidates that are running for president of the club, which I, I guess this goes in cycles. And there is one candidate as part of his platform that is promising already to get rid of Kuman for 2021, 2022. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Trouble in paradise before you're even there. <laughs> yeah. It, but Kuman does have 
really a great history with Barcelona. He was part of Johan Cruyff's clubs back in the early 90s that won La Liga four times in a row. They won the European Cup, which is now, of course, known as the Champions, Champions League. Cup, right. And he scored the game-winning goal, I think, in that one. I think it was against Sampdoria. Um, don't don't hold me to that, but right. I think you know he has a special place as a player there. You know, now maybe he risks that legacy a little bit coming back as a manager, but he's kind of making full circle. Yeah, he's kind of doing the full full circle thing. Now, I'm going to pose this to you, Tim. Could you imagine Messi in any other kit other than Barcelona kit? I could only see him in a couple of places. One, just because Man City could throw so much money at him, only because of the financial side. Mm. And then maybe from the emotional side, maybe somewhere in Argentina, I don't know. Oh, that'd be fun, though, to watch him. You know, yeah, I don't know if he would be a Boca Juniors guy or, mm-hmm. you know, I I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he's always gotten criticism that he plays for Argentina, but he doesn't really feel like an Argentinian player, right. whatever that means. I guess he's spent so much time in Spain. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of a love-hate they have with Messi compared with Maradona, who seems like he's coaching a new club every four days. Right. Uh, but, you know, the, you know, that's kind of their Mount Rushmore. Uh, but mentally, no, I'll always see him as a Barcelona player. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way to go. Yeah, so uh, I think one more year there, and maybe they can make a little hay. Maybe they can maybe they can grab one more La Liga title with Messi. But I think that's it because once his exorbitant fee, unless a decent deal comes along, mm-hmm. I, and I think his release clause is like hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But if, if a decent deal comes along, especially if he can go for nothing at the end of next season, they may take a uh, you know a, a significantly reduced cut in that amount just to get something mm-hmm. rather than nothing off of off of Lionel Messi. So that's pretty much it for La Liga for now. But hey, hey uh, Tim, I, I saw Klinsman in the news. What is Jurgen back? What's happening? No, no, no. His son is actually a highly rated goalkeeper. Jonathan Klinsman mm-hmm. is making a move back to the States. He's going to be a goalkeeper for LA Galaxy. Oh. And not much of a surprise. I mean, the Klinsmans always loved California, so I think this is a good fit for Jonathan. I think he spent a, a significant part of his childhood out there. So oh, I'm sure. Anyway, this is a this is a little bit of a homecoming for him. So I you know, I think this is this is a good thing for him. And uh, does this mean a return of the Klinsman when it comes to the national team, Tim? Wow. There's a lot of depth at goalkeeper. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he would fit in in the future. Perhaps I think just because of the storyline and the fact that he is competent, mm-hmm. maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But are the Germans watching for him? Because at some point, Manuel Neuer's got to go away, right? He's yeah, got to age true. out of the national team. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I he's got the dual citizenship. I'm sure, right? I, one would suspect with the name Klinsman, I think you can just <laughs> you can play you can walk out and play on any pitch in Germany or in the U.S. I think I think you have that you have that going for you. So it, it'll be fun to watch and see if he gets uh, significant time with them. He's still a youngster. Mm-hmm. He's got time to develop, but with the Klinsman name and the pedigree, expect to see him in some matches. I think sooner rather than later. It'd be fun. Yeah, totally agree. Speaking of 
sooner rather than later. By the time that we drop this, it will be Europa League final yes. day. And Inter is, uh, is it, it, I think they go into this perhaps as the favorite for the for the finale we're gonna play this card again tim because all of our favorites did not make it through <laughs> that's true uh, manchester united did not make it man Inter city there, though and sevilla has been a bit of a giant killer yeah oh my gosh and sevilla looking fire on the pitch uh they they definitely have people's number in this Champions Cup or Champions League, so um, it, it would be it's it's going to be fun. It, this little final here is going to be quite the match to watch. I'm entertained by this because this would be some sort of a redemption for Antonio Conte, mm-hmm. who was pretty much run off from Chelsea, yeah. to pick up a nice piece of silverware along with Romelu Lukaku mm-hmm. and also with Ashley Young from from Manchester United. A couple of players. Uh, that are seeking some redemption, but that's a that's a Friday game, two o'clock in the afternoon, and I think that's going to be a fun one. I, next week we'll recap that, and of sure. course next week we'll recap the Sunday afternoon tilt of PSG and Bayern Munich, which is the Champions League final. Yes, uh, to me, two really good teams. It doesn't have the luster because we haven't had one of the key elements of of soccer, and that's the buildup. Right. Yeah, it, you kind of, I don't know, it doesn't feel the same. You're right. None, nonetheless, it will be no less prestigious. Sure. I think this would be a, a feather in the cap for Neymar, who is seen as one who has underwhelmed yeah. as a Brazilian national team player and as a club player. Uh, on the flip side, though, Bayern Munich, it's been a few years since they've won this, mm-hmm. but... They've always had a seat close to the table, and I wouldn't be surprised if they could just uh, plow through PSG. But on the flip side of that, and I'm not trying to play both sides of the fence, <laughs> I will credit PSG with all the stars that they have. Uh, Tuchel has them playing some terrific defense, and they know how to muddle up the midfield. So uh, it could go either way, but watch for the first 30 minutes. If Bayern can pick up a couple of goals early, even if it's 2-1, right. I think they'll have enough confidence to carry the day. But if it, the longer it goes scoreless, mm-hmm. watch for PSG to maybe have a moment of brilliance or to be able to hunker down and try their luck on kicks from the mark. Yeah, well, or, uh, you know, I think if it remains scoreless, watch out for those counters that PSG does so well as well because they do it really well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so. they do. And then I guess we should touch on one more match, and that's this Saturday, 6.30. Memphis 901 FC is on the road against Birmingham Legion. Birmingham has been on fire in Group G. Memphis 901 FC really needs to pick up some points. It will be interesting to watch this because I found out earlier today, I believe that Birmingham might be in their white kits at mm. home, which That's may weird. allow 901FC to be in their blue kits on the road. You don't see that. No, and we play better in the blues, Tim. So I say we. 901 plays better in the blues. <laughs> you know what? When you're invested emotionally, yeah. go ahead and say we. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, all, that's all good, brother. So I looking at that matchup. Why were they wearing not, whites? Why are they wearing I the think whites? They, I think they put it to a fan vote. What? I believe. 
I believe they put, if I'm not mistaken. Their home kits are dirt, dirty and they didn't get a chance to wash them? Is that what the bottom line is? <laughs> so no, let's put it up to the fans. That. <laughs> it is. Here's their tweet from earlier today. Your vote is in. The squad will be wearing the white, black, white combo, which means white top, black shorts, white socks, Saturday versus Memphis. So, yeah, we'll, hope, we'll be wearing blue then. Hope the kit guy for 901 packs the dark color ones. Otherwise, we, <laughs> we may have to be uh, getting Birmingham to wear some of those, uh, you know, either change their kit or wear some of those orange uh, vests. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the flag shirts. Yeah. Yeah, may have to may have to do that. But they've also picked up Josh Bauer. They picked up uh, another player on the roster talking about Birmingham uh, Legion FC. So wow. that will be interesting to see. And also... I will be interested to see if a guy that we've interviewed here before, uh, Trevor Spangenberg, who, who who is kind of the deputy for Matt Van Okel in goal, if he gets a start this weekend, usually they'll sprinkle him in every five or six games just to keep him sharp. Mm-hmm. And this might be an opportunity for him to to uh, to play, which which I hope that's not the case. I like Trevor. But given the past history of previous guests and the damage they do to our club, <laughs> I'm hoping maybe he sits this one out. Yeah, we we tend to be the Black Widow when it comes to our guests versus the 901 FC club. So, but but I am encouraged. In the last several matches we, we've seen much improved much improved play from Memphis Knights. Oh, I think the most definitely. play's been better. More offensive chances. They're fun. They're a fun club to watch. Yeah, I mean, you listen. They they get shot out of a cannon. The the first forty five is a wild forty five. I I can't wait for that much. I'm excited for that. And given the development, uh, it, it to me it's pretty obvious that Tim Mulqueen and Ben Pierman have been working hard on the training ground and yeah. the guys are responding. So uh, maybe not the number of points that the, that the fans want, that the team wants, but just watching it with a critical eye, you can see that there's an upward trajectory. And, and hopefully they get rewarded this weekend. But that's 6.30. Pete Pranica, J.J. Greer have that on CW30 this weekend. Okay. That's Saturday against Birmingham Legion. Very cool. And a good friend of the show, J.J., is on the call. So that's cool. And Pete's a good friend of the show. That's true, too. Pete's given us a lot of love, man. He's given us a lot of love, and he also did some voiceover work in that uh, match we had. That's right. The virtual match. That's right. Shout out to Pete Pranica, man. Yep. And then, let's see. What else? Oh, next week. Oh, this is a big... Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, I'll have an interview with two-time World Cup champion, multiple gold medal winner, Christy... Pierce Rampone. She has captained the U.S. women's national team so many times that we can't count them on our hands nor all of our toes. No. She is a U.S. women's national team legend, and she joins us next week. We're going to talk about soccer. We're going to talk about parenting. She's got a new book out as well, and it's going to be a huge honor. And the pressure's on us to deliver a good rest of the show because <laughs> yeah. she's going to be on there. There's going to be some new ears listening, and, and we better not screw this up. I, I know. I mean, you, she is synonymous with champions, so that's what we got to kind of deliver too, buddy. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. I, I'm extremely nervous, and I know it's just a podcast, but I'll probably shower up with yes. my coat and tie yes. and be ready for that one. But that will be next week, but we want to say a big thanks 
to Seamus Loftus at the Brass Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, like a lot of restaurateurs and pub owners, are going through a very difficult time now. And thankfully, you know, he has uh, been able to make some decisions and been fortunate enough to know that at some point he will be back, which is great because, you know, crowds will be back at the stadium before too long. Hopefully, you know, as early as next year. Yeah. Uh, and when I say crowds, I mean like several thousand. Yeah. I mean, like uh, our capacity. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, where we're packing the house again and feeling the noise. It's good. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, so we thank him for spending some time with us and for being a good sport. He's so funny. Oh, He's man. so funny. But we got to get over. We got to get the fish and chips. We got to get some shepherd's pie for yes. him. Yes. And uh, if you want to follow us, check us out on My Three Subs podcast on Facebook and mm-hmm. on Twitter, My Three Subs Soccer Pod on Instagram, and My Three Subs Podcast at gmail.com. Have we missed anything for this week, Brody? Nothing. If you missed anything in our previous podcast, though, of course, you can go check out the site right now. my 3 subspodcastcom Good luck, Memphis 901 FC against Birmingham Legion. Yes. We will catch you next week with the U.S. Women's National Team legend, Christy Pierce Rampone. It's, it's still hard to have that roll off my lips and believe that it is real, but... <laughs> It's for real, folks. We'll talk to her next week, and we'll catch you again very, very soon on My Three Subs. Thanks for listening. There's the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more My Three Subs podcast, a soccer odyssey.